Good evening, good evening, good evening, everybody. We are back. It is the Ramen Movement. We are in the building for another wonderful show. We are glad to have Mrs. Jasmine Newton here today. Uh, before we go further, we'd like for you to just introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Jasmine Newton, and I wasn't expecting to introduce myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I am a local photographer, portrait photographer here in Knoxville, and um, I'm originally from Chicago, Illinois. I am married to my wonderful husband, Ike Newton, and he is the love of my life. Hope I don't kill him ever. I won't. I won't. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I have my son, who is eight, and my daughter, who is 22, I believe. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. We're glad to have you. Thank you for consenting to come on. Uh, Miss David, what's new and improved? Tell us mm-hmm. something good. You can go to Amazon. Okay. That's what you can do. Right. Hardback. Yes. Hard copies. You can get hard copies. Yes. The Who Taught You How to Be Broke page. It's been a great week. I'm so grateful and so thankful of just so many opportunities that just Come across your path. You never know when new things are just going to pop up and create an opportunity for you to take stuff to the next level. Right. So I'm I'm super grateful for that. You know, super grateful for that. But um, yeah, you can now this week officially right. pull the book down. I'm no longer selling it myself. That that income stream. Does not require me to lift a finger right. anymore. Right. I have passed the buck on to Mr. Amazon, Jeff Bezos. Holla at your girl. Yeah, networking partner. Yeah. That's a good thing. Absolutely. Who Taught You How to Be Broke by David Jones. So it's on a Kindle reader as well as a uh, hardback on Amazon. So Published author, resident professional on our staff. We appreciate that, CT. It's a blessing. Hey. What's up going on? Not much, man. You know. How's the blog going? Blog is doing good, man. Um, we'll have a new one out tonight. Um, did one earlier this week. And just working, man. Trying to strategize to go with the next steps as far as a blog. Fat Boy Problems knocks at blogspot.com is where you can find that. Also find it on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. If you want to get in contact or you have a restaurant... Or you know somebody who has a restaurant that needs to be tested out, I'm your guy. Good deal, good deal. Well, I am excited to say we have officially closed on our house. And, uh, closing on our, our rental property uh, on the 22nd of this month. So things are going good in that respect. Like I said, got some things. Probably going to start back with the commercials. Um, going into Q1 of next year, people got a kick out of those. So right now I'm brainstorming, trying some different things out. Probably not going to do them all in my office either this time. I'm kind of going to expand out into, you know, the real world and try some things out. Because I got some great feedback from those. I uh, actually netted a few customers. So things are going great uh, business-wise and professionally still, you know, easing into my new role. That's a good thing. So excited to be here. You guys empower me. I appreciate you all coming out. This is something that gives me strength to power up for another week. So that being said, let's let's get right into it. Um, we asked you here today, Jasmine, to talk a little bit about um, networking, if you would, and specifically some of the groups you headed or how important networking is in your industry and as an entrepreneur in general. So if you could expand on some of those things. 
Networking to me is very important because a lot of people here, when it comes to working with you, they have to build a certain amount of trust with you. And that can't always be done on social media or through marketing. So you can't just post what you do on social media and expect people to all of a sudden book you. Which is funny because when I first became a photographer, I thought that was all I had to do. It was just like, oh, I just post on social media pictures that I do and people will just come running. And no, it doesn't work like that. So I had to start actually getting from behind my computer and getting out and getting to know people and building relationships and, and learning about how to work with people, how to collab with people, how to try to speak with people about their needs. And that was slowly but surely helped me get better at what it is that I offer. And also just kind of learn more about business in general. Okay. Mm -hmm. So as far as getting out from behind the keyboard and different things like that, did you find that difficult at first or have you always been a social person or? <laughs> I'm one of those people who kind of in, in between. Okay. I have my days when I'm the social butterfly and I have my days when I want to be left alone and I don't want to be in front of anybody. Um, I have those times where a group like this, I'm perfectly fine. But if it's like I'm going into a place and there's like 30, 50 people there, I start probably looking like the shy one who wants to stay to their corner. Right. So I kind of go in the middle of introvert, extrovert. I'm, I, it just depends on the energy, honestly. But it can be hard for a lot of people because it's hard to talk about yourself. And networking, when you go to networking groups, they expect you to talk about yourself. And they expect you, of course, if they want to trust you or if they feel like they want to buy from you, they expect you to be confident about what you're talking about. And that's hard to do when you are comfortable with doing it. Mm -hmm. So that's where the... Right, so it may not necessarily in. be uh, something wrong with your product or service. Mm -hmm. It's just getting comfortable. Because it's your, if you're a person that likes to hide behind your product or service or... Maybe you're not the face of your business. You're not necessarily a personal brand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you kind of turn into one when you go networking. Right. Right. <laughs> so that's that's the difficulty with that. Good deal. So how long have you been in your photography business? I've been in it for almost five years. Uh, Javon Renee Portraits is the name of the business, and I do high-end uh, portrait photography. Right. And you're very specific when you say... High end. I think that's something that needs to be clarified as people like you know your value and you know your worth, mm -hmm. and that's something you work to. Though is that correct? Yes, and it's also based on what I offer. So I'm the type of person if you, if you are looking for somebody that's going to get you in, get out. You need to get some photos of your five year old, just some quick photos. Sit on Santa's lap, take a picture for the Christmas card, get out then no, I'm not the photographer for you. Right. If you're a person that wants to do a photo for yourself to feel beautiful, to have that legacy portrait, or you want some family photos, or you even want some headshots done, and you need all the needs taken care of. Because when you think of it, if you call a photographer, once you let them know that you need portraits and maybe they set up the photo shoot, now it's on you to figure out how you're going to look, what you're going to wear, how you going to prepare for that? If you, it's a family photo shoot, you got to figure out what everybody else is going to wear. How you going to coordinate? How you right. <laughs> you y'all got to figure that out. For me, it's I hold your hand through the whole step of the process. Okay. So, 
we are sitting down together and we're talking about what the vision is for that photo shoot. I help you put that put that together. If you need help shopping for clothes, I help you shop for clothes. If you need help going through clothes you already have, I've been in plenty of people's closets. If you need help picking out clothes online, I help you shop for those too. Um, I offer hair and makeup on uh, on site for my photo shoot so it's a professional stylist that's there and if there's any type of change that needs to happen with that hair and makeup in between outfits she's there to adjust it so everything that you could possibly need to help prepare and be ready for your photo shoot I do with you right so it's not just that you charge more it's actually the services above and beyond your typical mm -hmm. hey you're paying this much and you get two changes of clothes mm -hmm. or something of like that because you help with each and every aspect so right. by saying high end you're just not saying high end you're actually providing mm -hmm. greater service i'm not gonna ask for more if i'm not giving more right right so. and that's a i mean that's a great especially as business owners we have to have you can't you know say your product or service is exclusive if it's run of the mill or mm -hmm. if it's you know just the same as anybody else but mm -hmm. you just place a higher price tag on so that's awesome ct david you have any questions well in respects to networking i mean how many groups have you worked with a lot <laughs> I, I there i would be surprised unless it's a newer group i would be surprised if there's a networking group here in knoxville that i don't know about or at least have heard about um i have pretty much been everywhere it's almost it's gotten to the point where it's almost like a chitlin circuit like everybody kind of circulates around the same groups and i would like to break that at some point if i can and come up with a new way of networking but that's pretty much what it is i know about all of them can you name a few of them I don't want to talk because <laughs> what if I have something bad to say about one of them like that was horrible no, no. but there's you know you have a lot of you have a lot of they have you have networking groups that have different styles so you have the basic referral networking groups that are like the BNIs the Rios the TNTs the PNGs mm -hmm. usually if it's got three letters those are usually <laughs> the referral based ones go. and then um BNI is pretty much known as one of the most successful ones. Um, a lot of them also have a fee to be a part of them because they want the people to be serious. Um, so they have you pay like a yearly fee or a monthly fee. And then you have some where there aren't any fees at all. Um, they're like the sisterhood. Um, you have Knoxville Women in Networking. Um, and then you have, and some of them have fees, like there used to be e-women out here. Um, then you have ones that are like specific to a type. So you have the ones that are just for women or just for creatives or just for this. So that's, uh, women in entrepreneurship. And, um, for us, we're known for Tuesdays together, which is a group that I lead, um, we're known as the creative group, but it's actually open to all. As long as you are a business owner, you can be a part of it. But we're pretty much full of creatives. So, but it works out because when you have somebody that's a realtor that comes in, that's not looked at as a creative thing, but they may have a need for, for a creative. creative. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so I'm a I'm a leader of that, and I'm also vice president of Knoxville Women in Networking. Perfect. 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 Now, now, go ahead. 
in respects to networking, is there a certain formula or certain things that you would encourage people to just have in their mind when they go into a networking meeting? Per the instance of, I think a lot of people have the misconception when it comes to networking that I come in, I give you my business card and you're going to write business with me and I'm supposed to get paid and now networking works for me. And I think that's a huge misconception. So what type of advice would you give to people in respect to what to ex what their expectations should be and how they could create relationships and be able to truly get the most value out of being in networking groups? Well, rule number one for me is it ain't about you. Okay. When you walk in, it's not about you. And rule number two is you have to look at it like dating. Mm -hmm. So when we're going back to the first one, it's not about you. You are going there to connect, to connect with other people, not just go and find business for yourself, because then you'll come off as selfish as that you're only out for you. And then you'll repel people mm -hmm. and people are not going to want to work with you. They're not going to want to collab with you and they'll be able to see that a mile away. So you want to go in with an attitude of how can I come in here? You want to be like a spy, like who can I help? Who do I know? Who can I connect? Okay. You want to go with that attitude with every group that you go to. And if you're not a person that knows a lot of people yet, so you you can't really connect with a lot of people, well, this is the perfect place to start to get to know people and start adding people to, well, Rolodex is an old school way, but add people to your contacts. Right. Sure. And then you will start to be able to connect people, and that's how you build the relationships. As far as... Rule number two, look at it like dating. Expecting someone, expecting to go in there, talk about your business, and hopefully somebody books you. That's like expecting to meet somebody off the street and take them home with you that night. And like, it's like, dang, I just met you off the street. I don't even know you yet. I haven't even built trust with you yet. I, I'm not ready to jump in a relationship with you. I have to sit and get to know you first. And it's, it kind of works the same way. What, what, what? <laughs> I didn't know it was a problem, but okay. <laughs> but it's, I mean, did you say speak for yourself? <laughs> I'm a quick start. <laughs> but but it, it works the same way. It's, it's just like, you know, for me, when somebody, when somebody comes in and maybe they're a visitor at a group that I'm a part of, and then they meet me and they get, and they go, oh, hi, hi, my name is such and such. What's your name? My name is such and such. What do you do? Oh, I do this. Oh, okay, great. I do this. Here's my card. And then they walk off. I'm not thinking about you. First of all, you didn't give me anything right. to think about when right. I get, when I leave the group and I've driven all the way home, I've fed my son and now I'm sitting at my computer going through my business cards. There isn't much that I'm going to remember from that interaction. Mm -hmm. We didn't have a conversation. We didn't schedule a one-on-one -on -one to have coffee with each other later to get, get to know each other. There was nothing there. It's similar to some dude walking up to me and giving me his digits and going, yeah, get that. And then walk off. And like, what the heck was that? Wow, that, that, that how's it going now? <laughs> <laughs> All right then. <laughs> but, you know, you want, you know, a lot of women want that guy that will sit down and talk to them and not try to be smooth and not try to run any game. Basically, don't try to be salesy. Just talk to me like another human being. Get to know me, and maybe I'll be open to having a, you know, appropriate date with you. And then I might be ready to come to the house. And then after that, maybe a nightcap. 
you got to kind of build up to Well. <laughs> Just like dating. Who, who knew? <laughs> well, GND. You still have your thought? I know you had a thought. Well, right? I think you've already touched on it, but um, as far as these groups, what do you look for in a group? Is Are you looking more because you are on the creator side? Are you looking more for a creative type or is it more business mindset that you're trying to dip into? I feel like for me, I'm still learning that. Okay. Because um, when you go when you go to a lot of these networking groups, you have a lot of people who are not necessarily creatives in these groups. You have realtors, you have insurance agencies, you have uh, contractors, you have all of these different things that are not necessarily in my neck of the woods right. <laughs> so it's I think I feel like it's a little harder for creatives so I'm still trying to figure that out which is one of the reasons why I want to think of a new way to network than what we already know networking as but I will say what I what I definitely look for right now is are these people I can connect like if if I if if y'all are the networking group and you say what you do, you say what you do. Do I know anybody that could use your services? First of all, if I don't know anybody that can use any of your services, I am no help to y'all. I'm just going to be sitting here looking at y'all and y'all going to be like, hey, you know anybody? I don't. Right. Like, <laughs> and right. it's good, like it's not helpful to the group. I'm also looking to see if these are people I can possibly collab with as I build with them and maybe they can connect me. So I'm looking at that from both sides of the spectrum. I'm looking for a group that's fun, that's not just boring people I can connect to because, again, we're trying to build a relationship. If the thought of having coffee with you makes me want to listen to somebody drag their nails across a chalkboard, I don't need to be there. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> like I heard it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's got to be people that you are genuinely interested in having conversations with over and over again because networking can be good and, and, and it can help drive your business. And sometimes it can be what people would call like a slow drip because mm -hmm. it takes time. It's not mm -hmm. something where it's like, oh, I went to this networking group. I'm going to get like five people that booked me from this networking group. Nah, you probably going to be sitting in that networking group for about six months to a year before you get much. Right. So manage your expectations as well yeah. is, a, is a good point. Um, how much time do you devote to these kind of events or is it as they come along or is there you have some that meet every week you have some that meet every month it really just depends on the rules of the group i like ones that meet once a month i somebody might prefer one that meets every we're just really it really depends on your preference for me i'm like you know i need time once i listen to you tell me about your business to go and try to connect you i need time to think about it I don't want to dedicate every single week to you an hour to an hour and a half. That's just too much time for me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's being honest, it's being truthful. That's yeah, it. yeah. So I'm I'm a I'm a once a month type of person. Yeah, David, I know you have the the breakfast. I mean, excuse me, the brunch club. Yes, and the best that, networking group ever. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Are there any other events that? you go to or you seek out or um no not currently no and the brunch club was how i met jasmine mm -hmm. um and it was one of those 
those instances where I pretty much had the same ideals. I really wanted to hang out with people who I like, friends of my friends, create some mutual connections, be able to talk about something other than business. Um, because traditional networking groups and organizations didn't really seem to fit what I was looking for. So, you know, I applaud Jasmine for sticking through with so many networking groups because that was a shortfall for mine. It was one of those things that I really couldn't commit to a lot of different groups and organizations. And even though I have my own, I still need to learn how to better manage that. And that's why I lean back to friends like Jasmine so I can make sure that even going forward with the brunch club, you know, we had to go through a whole revamp. But going forward, we know what to expect. So. Right. Right. And you, I mean, you pointed out some great things, too, as, as far as with your scheduling of Brunch Club, you know, every month. And it's in that right time where, you know, we're all entrepreneurs and we're in this movement, but it's a time that's feasible Absolutely. for more people. So I think that helps with attendance when you're, when you're setting schedules and you, you got to be cognizant of how people will be able to attend, how it will be received and does it fit into a general, you know, idea? I think we um, we approach some things with without our event raise the bar. I mean, I think there's some things we've learned from it. Absolutely, and going forward, absolutely. There's some things we're going to change to make it, you know, more palatable and get people because I think it's a great concept. Definitely. I mean, I think the the first one was a hit, and I think we should carry that into, you know, making it a better thing. So we appreciate you coming on and talking about just from that standpoint and networking is so important as an entrepreneur and mm -hmm. it's something that I know I have to get better at because you can always you know make the reason or excuses why you're not going but these are things you have to get out and do like you were saying get out from behind the keyboard it's not mm -hmm. sending somebody a text all the time it's not a sure. you know phone calls are personal but sometimes that face-to-face -face is a better touch you I know, agree. To let me know you're serious, to let me know that you're thinking of me. So, thank you for your insights. We appreciate that. And we're moving on to, to this guy, but we'd love to have your input to join in with us. So, CT, what do you have for the Spice of Life? Spicy. First and foremost, let's talk about why we're doing this segment. And the reason we're doing this segment today is because of something with a little spice. It's a Popeye's chicken sandwich. And I know y'all might be tired of hearing about it. It's okay. Because we're going to talk about a different type of element as far as the Popeye conversation. Now, let me put this in as a disclaimer. I have tasted the Popeye sandwich. Finally. And I, and I do think it's better than Chick-fil-A. So, that's my thought. No way to White Road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shout out to White Road. Thank you. Are there any black people at White Road? Let's let's discuss that first. There were, there were, <laughs> there were black people down there. Okay. You. When we walked in. No, it wasn't just us. They were already there. Okay. Getting chicken sandwiches. <laughs> cock a doodle doo <laughs> But anyways, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I want to talk about ethics. I want to talk about when, as a business person, does it come to a point where you have to make a decision about a product that you're selling, which is basically causing so much chaos. Because this Popeye sandwich, regardless of it, if it is just a sandwich, 
and you have enough rational people in the world that know this is just a sandwich. But then you have these small, the small amount of people, small percentage who, for whatever reason, feel like they're going to lose their mind if they don't get their hands on these sandwiches. And they do some of the most reckless stuff that we've ever seen. So where do you, as a business person, take a look within yourself to say, hey, we need to stop selling this because all it's doing is causing chaos? Or do you stick to the mind state of, I'm making my money, that's on them. They're grown people, they're gonna, they're gonna learn today. What mind state do you take as far as this conversation? From a business, like strictly business ethics I standpoint? Mean, like, so most, most economic assumptions assume people are rational. So they don't factor in the irrational. And it hasn't impacted their bottom line enough. Like, Popeye's has not been... Now, with the incident where the gentleman got stabbed, they might. Who knows what's to come of that. But they'll probably People just settle it. And That's why I sell life insurance. She's, she's got a point. <laughs> so, like, it, it has not been detrimental enough to where I think, from a business standpoint, they should have to do something. I mean, and everybody, again... We go back to these freedoms and choices we have. Mm-hmm. You know, is is the sandwich worth dying for? I guess is the question you have you to make ask. The choice. I mean, consumers right. actually hold all the power. Stop buying the sandwiches. Right. I mean, is 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 a sandwich really worth that? If there's a chance, like if let's forget Popeyes. Say mm-hmm. we're going to Mickey D's, mm-hmm. and there's a chance you could get hit by a car in the parking lot. Like, they just keep somebody circling around the parking lot. Mm-hmm. You know, is that going to deter you from going? If you want the sandwich bad enough? Gotcha. Yeah. That's, a, that's a pretty good analogy. I like that. I don't, I mean, I don't think, like, I don't think there's anything ethically, business ethics-wise wrong with the way they're marketing or selling the sandwich. And I'll defer to the resident uh, professional and staff. I'm going to have to agree with you until they find crack, meth, weed as a primary ingredient in these sandwiches, they're going to keep selling. Right. Personal responsibility is just that, you know, and I think everybody needs to go into, I think the biggest problem is as a culture, we get overly excited. We get real dramatic. We want to be real FOMO, it's, you know, and and that's not very good for us. We're not thinking about things logically. We're not planning things strategically. We're just kind of running with the flow. It has nothing to do with the business. There's nothing to do with the business. Mm-hmm. And the business is just making money hand over fist, hand over fist, hand over fist, hand over fist. Right. So, no, I really don't feel like the company is going to stop selling the sandwiches just because one person was killed. So, of course, we had this year where, unfortunately, a young lady was shot in the drive through at a restaurant. Yes. From a party, a right. club that was across the street. Mm-hmm. I just went over there and got me a burger last night to that same drive through restaurant. Right. These incidents cannot deter their whole business scale. We 
That's why we have, and not even life insurance. That's why we have business owner insurance. That's why we have liability insurance. Right. That's why we have, because we know that everything is not going to go perfect. So we kind of make some exceptions. Because so, you know something. For liabilities and things that would potentially come along. Mm -hmm. Um. Frankly, I think the freight, the the craze over the chicken salad sandwich is phenomenal because it's really just driving and driving and driving more income back into the business, and that's really good. That's that's very good for Popeyes because I know that they are in a rebuild and they needed this. This is their surge moment. Mm -hmm. It would be unfair for us to take that away from them. I mean, mind you, Popeyes has been around forever, but they have been overshadowed by the Chick-fil-A's. They've been overshadowed by the Kentucky Fried Chicken or Wishbones or anything else that was going on. So this is their actual moment to propel. And in doing so, you think about our own businesses. If you've been working so hard just to get to the top of the peak and somebody trying to kick you down and say, no, well, you didn't have on Nikes. You should have had Adidas. Right. You know. Right. That's 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 very unfair to them. They put forth the work. They did the study. They did. Now, I will say that you know, it's like fourteen hundred things of sodium inside yeah, that sandwich. Not not good for your daily intake. <laughs> I mean, they did the their research. That could be African American crack for all you know, because you know we show like our salt. But <laughs> personal responsibility. Personal responsibility, like, but um. I don't. I don't think it's an ethical issue for the business at all. I do not. I really don't. I I feel like it. I mean, in the long run, no. I don't feel like it's anything that they need to do right now. But I know that personally, me, I'm just one of those people. I think too much about other people's feelings. I got that issue. So mm. I'm always like. Like I said earlier, it's like if I am putting something out to help somebody and or 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 solve a problem or whatever, and my product is doing the opposite, depending on how much that's happening, that will start to bother me. Mm. So I would try to figure out something about, okay, do I need to put this out a different way? It may not necessarily mean that I don't offer it. It just means I need to do something differently with how I'm offering it. I agree. I, I I can identify that. And I think that I think that's where at a certain point our businesses become corporations. And it's almost to the degree that the person who might be at the top and in and I think the gentleman who owns Whole Foods is very empathetic in that same manner as well. And they had to do some very um strategic things to make sure that they stay within the same values. The corporate values and what the mission statement is of the company, but they didn't. I know for a fact that Whole Foods sells some things that's not necessarily organic, mm -hmm. because there was somebody who essentially was like, "We got a bottom line. We got to make some money. They're already in here. Let's get them to buy X, Y, and Z." So you've got to have your 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 money your money people, your businessmen, who are going to make sure you hit your bottom line. So our values and our opinions and our ideas and our empathy and our thoughts mm -hmm. doesn't drive us out of business because I think there's there's a great number of people who if they just went into business from an empathetic standpoint and how they feel and what their emotions were never mm -hmm. make it they never make it they've been out of business a long time ago and a lot of people get ethics and morals 
intertwined. Yeah. It's, and they're not the same thing. I mean, we're all raised, you know, with our various sets of morals. And sure. You can't fault someone because they don't feel bad about the same things you do. And it's to a greater extent in business. Right. Again, you got into business to make money. Mm -hmm. And they have not. I think strategy-wise, they knew. They knew there was going to be some outrage. They knew there was going to be. That's the hope. Right. That's the hope. Back to what we were talking about with publicity. It's all still good for them. Why did the guy get killed? Over a Popeye sandwich. Is that sandwich that good? Now I'm talking about it. Now right. I'm thinking about it. I may as well go ahead and try it for myself. Got you. I'm, I've given no more thought to the man that lost his life. Sure. You now know, I gotta have the sandwich. Right. Again, the 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 outrage for on social media for what two or three days? Y'all tripping? Oh, wait a minute. You know my boy selling chicken sandwiches out of the back of the store. I saw yeah. that too. Yes, had a side hustle. He got him a whole business, <laughs> like selling them out the back door, making that money, making that loot. So it's not even just the one gentleman passed away. You got so many people are looking at this from an entrepreneur. Yeah, he's an entrepreneur. I mean, they're like, how can how can we leverage this? How can I how can I get in? How can I make my money? What's the you know? And and mind you, I'm not going to say that he did the right thing trying mm-hmm. to sell the sandwich. Mind you, had he bought the sandwiches and then, and then done whatever he did in his own free time, I believe he was actually on the clock selling them out the back door, which is mm-hmm. probably a, you know, no, you shouldn't do that, sir. But the reality <laughs> of it is um, he got hit in the head with a frying pan, too. That was hilarious if you see the video on TMZ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, he is so extra. They are. <laughs> they are. But I think a portion is, um, you know, we we said it all the time. Everything that's not, everything that's legal isn't right. And everything yes. that's right ain't legal. Everything mm-hmm. that's lawful is not expedient. Exactly. So, you know, every I think that's that's the hardest challenge because some things legally, mm-hmm. my body can sell sandwiches no matter People die or not, if right, you know that so, guy. He already got his little discount. He got his employee discount on the sandwiches, and he was on his break, and he was selling sandwiches. We don't know that very well. May have been absolutely legal, and he was upcharging on. I mean, we we never know. We yeah, never know. So a toss up. What what would you change if you could change something about this? Leaning to your point, I mean, if it's, if I mean, it, I and I'll ask you if you really look at a broad picture. And you go off of the thoughts that everybody has put at the table. I don't really believe that there is a way that they could have did it any other way. Because in all honesty, they really did not advertise it. If you think about it, you didn't see any Popeye's commercials on TV about the sandwich. All this is happening is pretty much social media, word of mouth, because everybody's been talking about it. We haven't seen the lady. Because she talks about everything. Oh. And somebody put that in a meme. I seen that. I don't believe nothing because she ain't saying nothing about it. But the whole thing about it is, is that this was basically organic. And what I don't understand or see how this happened is, from my understanding and my knowledge, the sandwich was already out. Months before everybody started going crazy for it, it was already out. Okay. So it's like, what happened to turn it into that? And it's not their fault. Somebody hit the switch and 
bam, they're pulling in this money. Okay, and, you get the nail on the head. Social media, you know, you get the right person to back your mm-hmm. product or your service, and it can turn the tide. It could just be an emotional plea. It could just be a very empathetic response like, oh, my gosh, this this sandwich made me forget about my grandmama's suicide. Whatever the case may be. I mean, I know that's dark. happened with... Exactly. And those pies were not that wonderful. No, they weren't. So, <laughs> that's, that's, mind you, we from the nice. south. We from yeah. the south yeah. with an F. With an F. So we know what real sweet potato pies was talking about. Not even sweet potato, sweet potato pies. Right. Right. Yeah. That's. I mean, no disrespect, Patty, but you ain't Annie Whitman. But please continue. Well, but. Specifically, though, I mean, I don't, I don't, I think it was, I mean, indefensible. I mean, as much as there are outliers that happen, like, you know, you can have anything graphed on the chart, and but they're going to be outliers. Like, we didn't expect this outcome or that outcome. Case in point, they ran out. I mean, mm-hmm. nah, that was strategic. You think it was? That was, that was double strategic. So, come some places out again. Right. So you think they did it to to equalize supply and demand? Yeah. Right. And and, and I'll say this. I will say this genuinely. I remember when East Town or East Town Mall, now Knoxville Center, which should be defunct and closed here in another 30 to 90 days. I was out there earlier today. Oh, bless you and your man. Yes. But Chick-fil-A was there the whole time. Mm -hmm. So you mean to tell me a mall, a restaurant that's been around for 30 years... And you look back last year and everybody's Chick-fil-A. They have the best customer service. Okay. Mind you, we used to go to Chick-fil-A in the 80s. And we would be eating little free Chick-fil-A samples. with nobody rapping and raving and going on. We was just going by and getting a free piece yeah. of chicken. Because we didn't have any money. To... It wasn't that it was so life-altering. And that the customer service. They were closed on Sundays even then. Mm-hmm. But there was, a, there, was a, there was a switch. There was that... Something that happened, yeah. man. If we could figure out what that one little switch was and be able to use that, it would be so. I mean, hard. yeah, there, there had to be something that gained traction to, yeah. cre- to create a stir because there wasn't anything so, like no said, the social media was already no, around. Yeah. The, the Chick fil A had already been around, but over the last two or three years, we were like, Chick fil A is just so awesome and they have the best service. And mm-hmm. you know, they jump in your car with you and help you to eat your sandwiches. <laughs> you know, they, you know, they, they talk about them like they walk on water, like they are God themselves. And I'm like, bruh, they sell, this ain't this the same Chick fil A? They sell the Lord's Nuggets. Paul's? <laughs> <laughs> no, not Paul's Market on the east side. No, they closed. <laughs> No, I mean Paul's yeah, no homo. <laughs> Next, I don't want to talk. So, I mean, as far as I guess the ethical, the ethical, I guess variable or portion. I mean, do you yourself think they're wrong? It's it's a thing. Does anybody? Where, I'm sorry. Does anybody think they're wrong? I think it's a. Slippery slope, thin line, whatever you want to call it. And it's one of those things where just looking at it as far as being a person who considers people's feelings in most situations. And in this situation, when you see people dying over it, it's one of those things where you're just like, I think you should 
push back on it. But then when you really put it in a business aspect, you can't get mad at them. The the person dying though is is that Popeye's responsibility? No, and that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's Popeye's responsibility, but if you have any type of heart, so the, you'll be like, God, leave, man. This happened over one of our sandwiches. So here, here's one across. Are you and I, and I and I think another thing too that might be the reason why I think this way is that you didn't hear about anyone from Popeye said, "Let's reach out to this family." Popeye's from Louisiana. They lived through Katrina. Which and they they may have we don't we don't know the ins and outs of that, but right. as from the standpoint of having care for someone's feelings, everybody knows about the incident where the customer went back in McDonald's and caught a McBlender to the face, right? Yes, I did. I saw I, where the white dude went into Popeyes and caught. The I don't know the full story, but I did see the blender going in people's heads. Yes. Yeah. So, lady comes back in. Her order's wrong. The manager is not present, so she's like, let me go get my manager. As she's walking off, the employee, she's getting food thrown at her. Not saying it's a natural reaction, but you would be inclined if somebody starts throwing food at your head to throw something back. Pick up the first thing. That was Obama's rule. You pick up the first thing that was in your reach. So she throws it back, and, I mean, like, she knocked her loco. Like, she Mm -hmm. was stumbling, trying to get up. Well... McDonald's fired her. Yeah, that's that's wrong. Is it? Again, from a business standpoint. <sighs> I guess I'm the wrong person to talk about. <laughs> well, from a customer service standpoint, yeah, yeah you gotta have it's. it's this is gonna sound so weird because I'm not trying to compare the lady to the police. But in the same way that we expect, we expect the police to have a higher tolerance things for that job you know what job you're going into you know what type of things you're probably going to have to deal with so we expect you to have a higher a higher tolerance for certain issues i get told this at work every day right now (laughs) when i went when i was doing customer service i was on the phones getting yelled at all day i of course in my normal day you ain't gonna be talking to me crazy in my normal, my normal life, right. my, when I'm walking around, I'm at my house or going about my day, you ain't going to catch me in the grocery store. You talking me crazy, I ain't going to talk crazy back. However, on the phone at work, I had to have a higher tolerance level for people going off on me. So in that situation, yeah, you're not expecting all the time when you go to work at McDonald's to have somebody throw, throw, <laughs> throw a burger at you. But... You have to remember you at work and you have to have a higher tolerance for people doing stupid stuff. And in that situation, from what I understand, she was already walking away. Okay, you it was a burger. It wasn't a fist, it wasn't a it wasn't a brick, it was a burger. Keep walking. Yeah. Stay back there if you need to. Because <laughs> right. if I go back out there, it's right. gonna be a, right. Right. So I think that's the I think hmm. that's the thing. I think it's really unfair that that we can be put in these in these positions sometimes as employees yes but that's the position that we're in you have to display a certain level of professionalism and tolerance and there's still a again personal responsibility like you're saying as an employee higher degree and as a person Mm -hmm. like you know 
I think everybody, you know, what when you are we're still like in the workforce and we go through that, like you think back, like you oh, mm-hmm. I got a family to support. I can't yeah, I can't get all up in the air with you because what's gonna happen when I come down? Right, right. You know, first off, I'm the only person at my location that looks like me, so see that's gonna give them all the more reason to you know do what they want to do anyway. Sure. So I think from a, in a I guess an ethical standpoint, McDonald's did the right thing by firing her. Would y'all agree with that? I mean, absolutely, it was a damn blender. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean it would have been different if she threw back a burger or some fries. <laughs> It was a blender. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it did was... some damage too. Yeah, yeah. She was she was dazed. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 I'll and I'll be real ugly to say this because again I'm I'm the professional. At eight dollars an hour, you're disposable. You make a bad decision, yeah. and mind you, at eight dollars an hour, you gonna make bad decisions, and you're gonna be disposable. We can swap you out and get you get another one look just like you. Right. Mm-hmm. So we also have to take that into consideration as we're going say, forward. It's even higher than eight dollars. So if you think about it, if you are an employee, it doesn't matter how much you make, you can pass away that one day, not two, three days later, somebody else is gonna be sitting in that desk. Right. It can happen. Absolutely. So it, it it doesn't matter how much you make. It's just you have you have to get into that mindset of what everybody's saying is very true. You have to keep that in mind when you are an employee of someone. I mean, even when you work for yourself, there are certain things that I gotta make sure I'm tolerant of when just just taking photos of people. Because then, you know, I I come across all types of things where I had to go. All right, we're gonna be calm. We're gonna be very calm. You know, your kid is walking, running around my studio, could possibly break something. But I'm gonna, Mm -hmm. you not watching them. But I'm gonna be calm. Like if that was my kid, I'd be like, "What are you doing? Sit down somewhere." But I can't be like that because it's my place of business. So I had, and and then the the thing is, okay, you lose a job as an employee, you'll find another job. True. I lose my business. You do. That's a that's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, longer, longer lasting impacts, and that that speaks a lot to the brevity of being a business owner. And again, back to what you were saying about the higher expectation, you have to, you know, you're the employee. It, it's you know, you're the best or the worst. Sometimes both. You know, you have to hold yourself to a higher standard. I believe. I mean, and put and tolerate some things that you paid to be have have more tolerance. Right. Right. Yes. I mean, everybody focuses you on the... You to do stuff that nobody at the top wants to do. Right. Right. Everybody focuses on the financial risks of being an entrepreneur all the time, but there are other personal sacrifices that you have to make. And some of that does fall back on your your morals. You know, are you going to have integrity? Are you going to do the right thing when nobody's looking? You know, does it matter if anybody's looking at where you... It's obvious you could cheat, mm-hmm. but could you live with yourself... You know, could you control, you know, I, I think there's a point like where all things come to light, you know, as far sure. as having integrity and building a brand, building a business, you know, getting out here and, and doing things to um, make yourself known. So would you ever sacrifice that? Did you ever watch The Founder? I didn't. Do. Please do. Does, does anybody know what I'm talking about? The phone? It's about Ray Kroc. Yes, Ray Kroc from McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, great movie, that. great movie. 
because it showed both sides and you've got you know the humble little country folk i guess they were in southern california or whatever which of course we think california is being a real savvy and sophisticated mm-hmm. um but in that respect they were just kind of down local hometown people mm-hmm. who had a nice little restaurant and they tried to sell it off to a big corporation before and they didn't like the way that it rolled out and they really just tried to stay away from the Ray Crocs of the world. But as we all know the story, Ray Croc owns McDonald's and rolls the land behind, underneath McDonald's and everything that goes along with that. Um, and and bought the system out and bought the name because of course it's McDonald's. Right. Not, you know, you don't get the Croc Burger or whatever. Right. Um, but the reality of it is, if you're looking to build an enterprise, mm-hmm. if you're looking and you're looking, you see the vision on a nationwide standpoint, you, this is, this is going to sound horrible. Mm-hmm. You cannot put all your energy in Joe Blow sitting over here. Mm-hmm. He is one of billions. Mm-hmm. And if your whole vision is to be able to put all of these restaurants all over the globe, not even, you know, it started off maybe even just in the, in California or in the, in the country, and now it's all over the globe, then you have to be able to look at it from, it it really can't be a a moral standpoint. Mm -hmm. It's really got to be looking at it as what is the bottom line. And I hate to say this. From a moral and a personal standpoint, mm-hmm. employees are considered risk. Correct. And there is an employee that I had to get rid of this year. So with that being the case, that was a risk to my business, but I didn't get rid of them. No matter what, hey, you could have, uh, you got to go. Yeah. So with that being the case, we can't always put our emotions above our logic because mm-hmm. our emotions don't pay a single bill. Right. And to that end, McDonald's, uh, one of their executives, large executives, just stepped down. Inappropriate relationship yeah. with another employee. Consensual. I mean, right. Yes. Still not not a good look. No. As we like to say, it, it wasn't a good look. So, again, I think they made the best business decision, you know, to, to remain this powerful global entity. And I liked what you said as well about the land is the most important thing they own. Their system is great, but I mean, look where they're placed. They're placed. They're so strategic. They own a lot of valuable land, and I think that's like the aspect as business owners we have to focus on is yeah, your product or service may be great, but you know what's your most valuable? You know, where how are you expanding? What are the other areas you're venturing into, but never cross the line into getting into, I guess, under the table or underhanded deals. And I think. That's the stand-up part. When you have somebody that maybe crosses that line that you have to just cut off, that you have to just say, I'm, I'm not doing business with you. I'm sure you've done it in your industry before. You know, um, do you have like a personal instance you could describe where someone crossed the line? Maybe you just you you chose not to do business with them again. <laughs> these inst- these instances are when people play with my money. If you're a vendor and I hire you and you can't show up or you can't be professional or you're somehow rude to the client, like, and, and most of the time it's been stylists that I work with sometimes. It's, it's been like they don't show up or they're late 
and that makes me look bad. That that client is not thinking, oh, Jasmine was great. This person was late, but it wasn't bad. Jasmine was still great. No, they're going to say my experience was ruined because this person was late. Right. And so that that hits on the name from my business. They're not thinking about whatever business you have as a stylist. They're thinking right. about Javon Renee portraits. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm like, oh, you messing with my money. You messing with my end. So you can't show up. You don't need to show up no more. Right. right. Absolutely. That reputation, word of mouth, those referrals, and I that can make hard. or break a business. I work hard on my, re- my reputation because there's a lot, there's a lot of people that you can look up and you know you know when they have the, the reviews they might have that little point they, they're still good but it's like a point off I have perfect reviews so far and it's like I work hard on that and mm-hmm. if there was a mistake I've done my best to try to fix it so yeah if you are impen- if you are impeding upon that you gotta go yeah yeah and I think that's a skill that all business owners need to develop if it's not good you know, you can't. You got to be willing to to lose in the short term, to to win big in the long term. And I think some people have gotten taken under by, oh, it sounds good. It's got all the bells and whistles up front, and then you get into the deal and you find out people do business in an unsavory way, or as you talked about a little bit off air, that just doesn't sit well with you. Mm-hmm. And are you going to be in that constant inner turmoil just for the sake of having more money? Mm-hmm. You know, I. Sure, but I also want to I want to add into one situation. We've got to take in consideration the people who go in and they're very gung-ho about buying a chicken sandwich, but then next week they mad because they got high blood pressure, so now they want to sue Popeyes mm-hmm. because their blood pressure went up or they had a heart attack or they had a stroke. See, the, there are there's some a whole lot of moving parts that go along with it. Everything will seem innocent, and everybody's done everything in their best interest. But there is still that dynamic where a person will come from the backside and say, "Well, no, I don't want to take responsibility for my actions, or I'm not happy with the service that I got, or mm-hmm. I want to just be cantankerous, or or I mean, we live in a very litigious state, so." Mm-hmm. How can I sue her? Nope, she did not get that strand of hair out of my face. So, which she gets all strands of hair out of your face. Let me <laughs> let me be the first one to tell you because my pictures are fierce. Um, but there is still that dynamic where, as business owners, we have to make sure that we're we're doing everything that we can by the letter of the law. But we've got to understand that there is still there is still the potential. For some nonsense that is completely out of our control to come back for whatever circumstance, for whomever that person is, no matter what it be, you know, it, it just happens. Mm-hmm. It, it absolutely happens. And I also want to be able to say, you can't take those things personal because they may not have anything to do with you. You, you, you know, We've got. I guess we all heard the story about the lady who sued McDonald's for the coffee. the coffee. Yeah. How did you hear the story? Word of mouth. Yeah, but how did you see her? Who Who's the bad guy? Her or McDonald's? Me is her own fault. Okay. You You got. You should have common sense. No, don't put no hot coffee in between your legs. Okay. Yeah, I mean, to me, it was a. You know, it was a personal endeavor to get money from McDonald's. You think? Yes. What about you? I'm with him. Don't 
put hot coffee where hot coffee belongs. Okay. But, but should the, the coffee time, also be 300 degrees? Right. That's what I was going to say. At the same time, based on their mm. policies. At the time. Their coffee was too hot. Yes. Uh-huh. So then, now you're reaching into something else. It's like, okay, yeah, you shouldn't have <laughs> put the coffee there, but they specifically had a policy that said how hot the coffee was supposed to be. Yes, they did. They absolutely did. And as many as many of us who pretty much took the quick end of it, it was like, well, you should know not to put hot coffee. No, see, then, then uh, we don't have industrial coffee makers at our homes. Mm-hmm. We don't have them where they are X number of hundreds of degrees, not even just 70, 80 degrees, hundreds of degrees, where she had to have third degree burns. She had second, third degree burns on her body and had to have skin grafts. That's why she was suing. She had even asked McDonald's, can y'all just pay for my medical expenses? And they were like, no. I didn't know that. Yeah. So there's more to the story. Right. And, and mind you, you know, that's one of those situations where McDonald's, y'all was dead wrong for that. Mm-hmm. Y'all was dead wrong, and you know it's been easy enough. Just say okay, we got your medical. Okay. But they didn't think they would lose. They were too cocky in it. Right. So I say that I put that back in there because I don't want to completely come off as the devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. We do have to have empathy. We have to look at the whole situation. We need to make sure that we're doing what's right. And if we're wrong, we need to be called to the carpet and do what is right for the sake of the client and the sake of our reputation, so we can maintain that. But there are some circumstances, like the guy getting killed for the sandwich, I don't think Popeye's has any responsibilities. Mm-hmm. None whatsoever. But if literally, we've seen the meme all that pops up and says, if Popeye's pops up in 10 years, it's like, if you had a Popeye's sandwich, you're at risk for getting mesothelioma, then Popeye's is absolutely going to have to face the consequences at that time. So I hope they stack in some of the money. So she got me scared to actually get the sandwich now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want the sandwich now. I ain't even had it yet. First women, first of all, <laughs> let's get you a life insurance policy first. <laughs> and then we'll get you then a you sandwich. Can have that sandwich. <laughs> yes. Let me let me take care of you. I mean we got critical illness, chronic illness, all of that on let's let's do that first, first and foremost. <laughs> so that, that's 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 planning. But well thank everybody. This has been a spirited show. Appreciate you all for your contributions as always. Jasmine, thank you for being our, our guest. Uh, we enjoyed having you. Thank you for sharing that information. We know it's going to um, get out to our listeners. And it, it will. It will. It will encourage someone. Uh, what we like to do here at the end is just pass out a little bit of encouragement for the week. So, Ms. David, we'll start with you this week. Give us your uh, words of encouragement for the week. Okay. So, my words of encouragement are your wealth is in your vision. Your wealth is not in your riches. Your riches are the stuff that you buy. Your things, your toys, your memories. Memories are not investments. I don't care what poor people told you. Um, All of these various things that come along with it that you buy that don't necessarily create value, they're great to have. And those are your riches. But your vision, the things that you are destined to do, the thing that you can see that nobody else can see, the thing that God has called you to do, that's where your wealth will be. And if you focus on your vision and you create plans and ideas and strategies that's going to enhance your vision and be able to create that vision to the whole world, the wealth will come. And with the wealth, you can buy all the riches in the world. So 
that that's it. That's all. David Jones, I am wealthy now.com. Let's get this money, 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 money. Money, 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 money. CT. Find your passion, live your passion, succeed in your passion. Keep repeating that to yourself and find what you love to do. Become your own boss and make it happen. Reason is, I don't know about y'all, but it gets old trying to work for somebody else's dream. Same and making other stuff happen for other people when you know you have the talent to do something better with yourself. So stay positive, stay blessed. Peace. All right. As we continue in this Thanksgiving season, uh, again, I want everybody to come from a place of gratitude. Uh, it shouldn't be just this time of year. Always be grateful. Um, challenge I want everybody, if you haven't done it, I was challenged to do this a few years back, and it has truly changed the way I go about my day. Uh, as soon as your eyes open, just thank God for the day. Amen. You, you may not make it through the day, but you made it to the day, and that's a lot of, you know, that some. So it, gratitude can start at the beginning of the day, and then at the end of the day, Find a space and thank God for three things that happen during the day. I think those are things we can have to become, you know, more grateful about what we have. I mean, again, last week I talked about what, you know, be grateful for what you didn't have to go through or what you don't have. But be grateful for what you do have. Appreciate that. And I think it will leave you with a more grateful heart. And as we get into this season to look out for our others, um, again, my website for uh, healthy, natural, plant-based solutions for any common life ailments, brantley.myzija.com. Uh, reach out to us also on the Ramen page on Facebook. We are on Instagram as well. Uh, check us out on Spotify. Miss Jasmine, we'll let you close us out. How am I supposed to follow all of that? <laughs> like, for real. <laughs> so, something motivational. Um, value. Do the work to value yourself. Mm -hmm. And don't let anybody tell you different once you find it. Mm -hmm. Also, challenge yourself to meet with at least five people every month. That's that's a big one. Absolutely. Meet with five people every month. Sit there, have a real genuine conversation with them, get to know them. And even if one of them has to be a friend you haven't gotten to talk to in a while, Invest in that friendship. Invest in that business relationship. Absolutely. That's dope. And there you have it. If you don't care, share your information one more time. Uh, Javon Renee Portraits. Uh, Javon Renee Portraits .com, Javon Renee Portraits on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. There you have it. Thank you again for being with us. Uh, I hope everybody has a great week. Be ready to check out the audio. It'll be up in the morning. We'll repost it on the page a few times each week. Uh, something new this week. We'll have a few video snippets going back to the video. So I hope you guys check them out. Thank you all for listening in. We appreciate it, everybody. Have a great week. Peace out. Blessings. Peace.